Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. We have a special week for you this week. We just recently did our first live taping of the It's a Hustle podcast at the Connecticut Comedy Festival. So this week we will be airing those interviews with Amy Hawthorne, the booker of the New York Comedy Club, Emilio Savone, the owner of the New York Comedy Club, Rel Battle, the founder of Roast Battle, and Paul Verzi, our big headliner from our two-year anniversary show. Uh, please check them all out. I think these were some of our best yet, and I hope you enjoy them. All right, gang, how we doing? Ready for one more? All right, guys, uh, if you'll please give it up for the headliner on our two-year anniversary show tonight, the very funny Paul Verzi. Hey, how are you? Welcome, Paul. Thanks well, for thanks being here. Thanks for having here. me. How you been? Good, good. Heard you had a uh, birthday party today? Yeah, yeah, my little girl. Uh, my little girl had eight little... Seven-year-olds running around. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was fun. Must have been yeah. nice to have this podcast an excuse to get out of there. <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> I was the bigger kid. We did it at an arcade, so I'm like, let's stay, man. I'll I'll get to the circle oh, when well, I then get we there. We appreciate you sacrificing <laughs> the arcade uh, to come be here. Yeah, I like you, Joe. My daughter's a little more important than you in the circle. Sorry. <laughs> well, wait. Uh, here we go. Oh, that, all right. Uh, well, now the stock just went up. No, <laughs> no, uh, thank God. Thank you so much. That's a that's a cube, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I went it. to Cuba a month ago and I bought a box, and uh, that's the last one. Oh, dude. Uh, I'm going to light this up right after this. There you go. Perfect. Thanks for being here, man. We're no, excited. this is awesome, yeah. man. I love, I, I, you know, I always come in here and joke about the room. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, we're in a lobby of a, of a hotel, you know, like they, they have a continental breakfast right there. Like, there's a toaster. There's a fucking toaster in here. There's a toaster literally sitting in here. And I'm going to be performing right here next to the toaster. But uh, there's something about this room. And Emilio said something. And I, I really agree with it. It's like I've been here. I probably now what? I've been here three times. Plus Penfield. Plus. Right? And there was also. Yeah. And, and then there, I think I came up here for a one nighter once, too. That wasn't a weekend. So. Um, you hit it on the head before low ceilings and wide is what makes comedy and makes stand up works. It just does that one of the best comedy clubs other than I mean, New York comedy clubs are the best because they're all kind of like this size wise. Uh, one of the best headline clubs across the country is the Washington, D.C. Improv. Um, and it's like this. Yeah, it's actually like this. It's got it's it's one of the best clubs in America and it's got ceilings like this. It's got the same dimensions. It just works. The laughs are are here. And, uh, and I love performing in a spot like this. Yeah, so. well, we, we love having you. It's been a blast every time, and tonight is yeah. looking pretty incredible. I'm excited, man. I've been on the road, traveling with the new hour, doing improvs everywhere, and uh, I love how that, the hour's going. I'm looking forward to giving it to the, uh, the people of Fairfield. Yeah, they're looking forward to it, too. We're, uh, we're looking like some big crowds once again. Nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Maybe it's, next time I'll be out of the... I'll be out of the lobby. We could get to a bigger <laughs> venue next time. Well, <laughs> how, big, how big do you want it? They're like, don't worry, Paul. Next time you'll be at the Sheridan. Um, <laughs> you know, I work my way up from a comfort in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the whole Fairfield uh, <laughs> hotel motel tour. <laughs> well, Just get, a whole Connecticut hey, lodging. We can get you the high ho, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man, Emilio, Emilio, I'll be honest, man. I'm, I'm not even just saying this because I'm because I'm I'm here. Emilio is one of my favorites in the business. Um, it's a very, very, and you got me on camera saying this, right? Because I'm not, and I'm not saying this to kiss his ass because he already told me he's not going to work with me again. <laughs> uh, this is it, guys. This is the last run with me and Emilio. But no, people like Emilio, in all seriousness, people like Emilio and Amy 
Um, they just get comedy, so it makes it easier. You know, when, when you know people that understand it and, you know, Amy uh, Hawthorne, who's, who's been booking the room, she was also, she's seen me for years now at the stand. And Amy's the type of booker, like all good bookers, and Emilio is a good owner, like all good owners, that they'll watch you do a joke that bombs. And they're, they they know. They're like, oh, he's, this person's growing. They'll laugh at you bombing. They're like, oh, it's that, that's Verzi trying a new joke and it failed. And, and, it's, and it's what it is. They get that. It's not like one of these, you know, judgmental. They want their, their talent to grow. And then they'll watch that same joke three months later when you're getting ready to shoot an hour or something. And they'll be like, oh, it's so great to see the growth of it. And they get it. They'll but remind you of the time you bombed. I, always. <laughs> They're always going to remind you. Remember that shit that you ate dick with that joke in here? And uh, you're like, yeah, I know I did. But um, no, th- having people like that, people that you could talk to and, and you know, we're lucky. Comedians are lucky to have people, um, you know, like Emilio owning comedy clubs. I really, I really believe that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree, uh, and we're lucky it's like that here because we're able to get, you know, comics like you because of that. Well, dude, every time I'm here, you always kill it in front of me. You set the table beautifully. You're hilarious in your own right, and this is. Uh, Can you tell Amy is, that? This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get her to pass me. Uh, <laughs> Amy, does, does Paul's recommendation? How many festivals does a kid have to host? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is not my first. Th- well, my uh, thinking has always been like, you know, if you if you want a stage, uh, you know, you either need to get Amy to pass you, which is impossible for me, or I can like run my own room. I can run, you know, a bar show or a festival. So when I first wanted to do a festival, I was like, ah, sending in submissions. I don't even know if people were looking. I'm like, I'm just going to run my own fucking festival. So I ran a free right. stand-up festival in New York, and this one's a little bit better than that. <laughs> this well, one's for real. That's, that's a smart thing you said, and I remember when I wasn't getting stage time at main clubs in the city, the best thing to do is create your own, create yeah. your own stage time. You know, you and friends be like, all right, well, let's go into bars, and let's find a bar that's got a back room. And you know what? Even if it's a 30-seater and, you know, 14 people show up, then we got a half a full room and I could go up there and tell my jokes and see how it goes. And then word gets out. People yeah. are like, hey, man, that guy's funny. Why don't you come and do my room? And then you just do the networking the whole time. And yeah. then, um, you know, I used to have this thing, too, where I would be mad at people like like Amy, not Amy, but people like Amy, where <laughs> if I was like, oh, well, now I'm funny and other clubs want me and you didn't want me. But, you know, you want to know the reality is maybe maybe a comic at that time wasn't good enough at the time. And it's hard to accept that. It's hard to understand where you're at, where you were five years ago, where you are present, you know, and and where you're going to be. It's hard to really, as yourself, understand the reality of that. Yeah. And bookers see great comics all the time. Amy sees everybody. Emilio sees everybody, even if they're not at his own room, right? They see people. They see festivals. They see clips. They see people who are developing and growing. And sometimes, it, in their defense, it's hard to be like, ah, I gotta, I gotta watch that. I'm gonna watch that person. I see their progression, and they're fair with it. And that's why I say that they see the progression, and then they're like, all right, you know, yeah. give a give a shot. Although Emilio did say you get one shot with him. I heard that. Did you hear that? I'm going to give you one shot. That. You fuck it up. You're dead to me. That's, that's the totally Italian. True. That's the Sicilian and Emilio. He's like, I gave you a shot. You embarrassed me. My mother came here tonight. You understand? My family was here. Okay? I told Amy, put the kid on, put him in the third slot, and you ruined it. My father walked out shaking his head. You're never going to work in my rooms again. So uh, you're talking about the bar shows. Do you, uh, when's like the last time you did a bar show? I, uh, Are there you know, any that you'll still a bar, like, go work a, stuff out in? Yeah, there's a bar in uh, Pleasantville, New York, in Westchester, called Lucy's Lounge, 
and they do like 60 or 70 people. They do a Wednesday mic. They do, a, you know, they do a Saturday. And I went in there on a Wednesday night or a Thursday, whatever it was. There was uh, eight comics in there and like six audience members. And this is a few months ago. And I just was in my house. Five days, four days went by. I didn't get on stage. I had ideas and thoughts. I just wanted to get out. And uh, I was like, do you guys mind if I do 10? And I just stood up in front of a room like this. And, and I, just, I just said my jokes. And yeah. I felt good. I went home and I felt good about it. You, know? yeah. you, have, to. you have to. You have to just always. You're not, no comedian is better than a. Than, I mean, there are certain things. Like I wouldn't go into a bar where they had playoff games on. And they were just like. Because I did that. Yeah. And there are certain things that you have to. There are things I'll say no. No to. ambush shows. Right. Or just like, you know, you're like telling a joke. You're trying to tell the table something. I remember doing, dude, I stood on soda crates in the. I stood on soda crates in bars in, in Jersey where people were trying to eat their chicken parm. I remember this one family. I remember this one family was like eating dinner and they just wanted to eat. And I'm like, so my grandmother is a, like, and they were just, they wanted no part of the show. And I left feeling horrible. I was underpaid. But as a new comic, I was like, I, I worked on a Friday night for 150 bucks, <laughs> you know? So that, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, sometimes it's fun too. I think like just having a, a smaller crowd, I feel like it kind of like changes how you would approach it and you can almost like develop something that you wouldn't normally be able to develop with, that, you know, a, a full crowd. That's a great point. And, and I'll give you a perfect example of what you just said. I was off one night and somebody in the city said to me at the stand, what are you doing Monday? Let's say Monday, Monday or Tuesday. And I go, I'm off. And he goes, this guy's got a bar show in Manhattan. He's a fan of yours. He'd love you to come down. It's a little dingy thing. If you want to come down, come down. And like, you know, my time with my family means a lot to me. I have a little boy, a little girl. I'm traveling all over the place. And it was my night to, and my wife too. My wife who's been supportive through this whole ride that I've been on for 15, 16 years, whatever it's been as a pro. And uh, I'm like, I don't know. Don't tell him I'm coming because I don't want to. And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, put you on the flyer. And I'm like, I, I told him, like I was literally on this flyer on the internet and it's like to come to this bar. And I didn't know, but then I go home, my kids are tired, they're going to sleep. And my wife was like, go, you know, not in a bad, we weren't fighting. She wasn't like, get out. She was just like, she was like, go. So I went down and there were literally, literally eight to 10 comedians sitting against the wall. And it was the owner of the bar and four of his friends sitting there. That's what the room was. So it was just all comics right there, and then like a few people here. And he goes, I'd love for you to go up and do 10 minutes. And I go up, and I remember in my iPhone, like that's where my, my, my like ideas, right? And I put this idea in of St. Peter at the Pearly Gates. It was a joke that I did. And it was just St. Peter at the Pearly Gates, how his job, he never gets a break because somebody dies every like 1.7 seconds. So he's never, he's never has a break. Right, so I just have that in my phone, and I'm down there, and I want to make my peers laugh, and I want to make the owner, because there's a thing, I have that competitive thing. If you put me on, even if it's a situation where I'm never going to see you again, you, you're, you're, watching, you're watching me, right? You're watching me. You're going to either, you're going to go on, you're going to make Google my name, and whether you ever see me again, you're going to be like, yeah, I saw Paul Bursey, he went in front of five people, and he sucked, and I don't, I don't understand why people are booking, you know, and I, I have that. I'm just a competitor. It's who I am, so I wanted to, I wanted to do good, but I also didn't want to, like, do my A shit for, <laughs> for four people, you know? I don't want to drive an hour and not get working, so in my mind, I'm going, what should I do? What should I do? And then I go, dude, you just jotted down that St. Peter joke in your iPhone. Do that. So 
I'm telling crowd, I said, do the St. Peter joke. I do this bit about him and having a horrible job and how people keep dying and he never gets a break and he has a panic attack. And I do the whole thing. And it works and it's a it's a hit. And then I closed that joke. I closed my set at Madison Square Garden in front of 15,000 people opening for Bill Burr with that joke. So had I not gone down, now I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would have never done that joke, but in my mind when I was up there and there was a few people, I was thinking to myself, make this trip worth it and do that joke that's in your phone. And when I saw that feedback, it got to bigger and bigger and bigger. So you're 100% right. That happens and you have to, it's up to the comedian to make the best of that time. So I guess the lesson here is if you have a bar show, put you on the flyer and then tell you <laughs> that you've been on the flyer and then I should have more people do that and I'll develop an hour. Yeah. I'm like, lie to me. And then I'm going to just come out with a Paul, joke that hopefully Paul, just show up. And if he says no, just say, <laughs> hey, don't forget that time you wrote the joke that you closed the garden with. Yeah. I heard about that garden show because, uh, you know, I, I have a day job because uh, Amy won't pass me. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's what this whole podcast that's is what about. It is. This I'm whole like, podcast is to I'm get like, him. If she's a guest on the pod. She'll have to listen to the pod. Maybe I'll have my shot. Um, but the next day, I go to work, and uh, and one of my friends is like, "Oh my god, we went to the garden last night, and they weren't even talking about Bill. They were talking about was that you. this they were year. Like, that was this year. Yeah, th this this year. So th this was the second, the, the the Saint Peter joke I did with him about okay. three years ago. This year, I performed in the round with him. November It was five days after my special came out on Comedy Central. And it was like, I mean, I can honestly say, I'll tell you guys if I bomb, it was, it was literally the set of my life. Like to have Madison Square Garden, the way that I had it and the way people were hitting me up afterwards and still, and even industry and stuff, it was just a night. It was, it was, a, it was one of those nights that you're just like, I literally got off stage and I was like, that was surreal, man. That was, that was surreal. It was a surreal feeling to know that that, that happened. So tell your friends that I appreciate yeah, no, it. It was also turned out to be like the night of my career because the next day they were like, oh my God. We saw this comic who was so great. They're like, it was Paul Verzi. And I'm like, I know Paul. And that was like the biggest <laughs> thing that had ever happened to me in comedy. <laughs> I hosted for him in a lobby. <laughs> We're buddies. I swear. I, got a, I, I think I had a picture of us on the phone. I'm like, see, look. Oh, that's so. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, question for you. Uh, yeah. A question I ask a lot. You know, I, I mean, you're, you're just. You're blowing up. It's fantastic to see. It's it's well deserved. You're hilarious. But you know, as you kind of look back, uh, you know, at the totality of your career, what are kind of the? Is there any like one decision you made, one thing you did, or something that you you know kind of attack that you take that has led to the most success for you? Just knowing you're not good enough. Knowing you're not good enough, man. Well, I got it's, that. It's down. it's never it's never it's never good enough. You know, uh, not in a bad negative way. Not in a not praising yourself way. But in a re in a reality way, it's like, you know, you you just you have to you just I just want to keep getting better. I want you to keep traveling, keep getting up, making the bits sharper, cutting the fat out of the joke, getting right to the joke quicker. You know, trying to be cleaner when it's more important to be clean there, but not taking away who I am. Like everything, it's just everything. You know, it's like a relentlessness that I have. Where I also saw the progression. Say so when you see the progression, like comedy, a lot of people. A lot of people look at it like boxing, but I look at it like golf. You know, if you go out and you play a round of golf and you're like shooting in the 80s and then you go and you play like a month later, 
you're going to be, you're probably going to be, it's not going to be as good, but you go out there, you keep working on it, and then you go out there and you hit more balls, and you putt more, and you make all aspects of your game, storytelling, short bits, okay, honesty, just saying things, whatever, you know, all of that, and then you see the improvement, you're like, oh, okay, now I'm, now I'm going to go, now, you know, now I, I see where I'm going, because nobody wanted me, nobody wanted me in this business, so, and I, I have to say this, the one person you know, it, it, it was Bill Burr saw things in me that I didn't see. He told me, that dude told me, I remember sitting in my apartment, my son was like two years old, and Bill's like, you're going to start selling out? You're going to start selling out clubs? You're going to start headlining all over the country? I'm making like $600 a week going, what are you talking about, dude? Like, my wife is supporting me right now. I'm bringing in like whatever I'm bringing in. He's like, trust me, trust me. And like, when I would be down, I would think about that. You know, and but then I would just keep going, and 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 my path was 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 that. Yeah. You know, to just to just keep to keep getting better. But nobody wanted me, man. Clubs would say no, festivals would say no, and I was just told just be undeniably funny. So I feel like that helped me. Yeah. Because, you know, I I'll rather take the the slow and steady climb of every year getting a little better, and I because I want to be here, you know, knock on wood in twenty. 25 more years doing this to and, and, and have a body of work and hours of stand-up and hours of clips for people to see and my family to see everything that I put out there and quality stuff, but also stuff that keeps getting better and better as opposed to being what? A 23-year-old guy that just gets everything, gets every festival, gets everything. That's a really hard thing to sustain and you're also not going to be true to the art that way because you're given opportunities that people are working so hard in so many years to get to. So for me... I look back and it's a blessing. I, I look back at those people that said no to me. You know, I wanted to do the comedy cellar. I wanted to. I wanted to do. I wanted to do all New York comedy clubs and stand and and every room. I wanted every room to want me and have me go in and go. Oh man, like we appreciate you being here. And that was such a distant, far thing for me. And then the fact that in the last four or five years, that's starting. Like that's happening. It's like it's just work, man. It sounds corny and cliche. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you guys. The, you know, some fucking wild, you know, thing where I'm like, oh, I pulled my dick out and everyone's like, come in. Like <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great way to have get. You, have you tried that? <laughs> Let's not rule it out. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about when me and Amy first met. Um, <laughs> Amy was like, I didn't like that punchline, but pull your pants. Let's see what's going on down there. Uh, she's like, all right, 1030. No, uh, <laughs> you got the <laughs> you got the ten fifteen spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it is, it, but it's. I think there's two types of people in the business. I think there's people that are happy, just kind of staying here, doing what they're doing, getting by. And then there's people that just like I'm obsessed with the art, man. I want to get better. I, you know, my special did very well on Comedy Central. It broke a lot of their records. It's it's doing good. And we actually just found out. Um, I told Amelia this. I just found out that my special is being considered for an Emmy right now, and Comedy Central's behind it. And Congrats. I worked very, I worked hard for that, right? And and Comedy Central had not seen the numbers after mine got out and got exposed, and that made me feel really good. So now I'm like. I know when I watch it, I'm very happy. I stand behind it, the bits, the stories. But now I'm like, I know the new stuff I'm doing is going to be better. So what motivates me is that, it, you know, the, a the album, then the special, then the next special, and just, you know, just keep going. I, I love the art, man. I love, yeah. I love getting better at it, you yeah. know. Well, no, that's, that's great. I mean, you're, you're a fantastic showcar, great performer, and uh, it's great to see you having all the success and the hard work paying off. 
Thank uh, you. And I hope you'll keep coming here because we absolutely love having you. I will, as long as I'm, as long as you guys will have me here in this lobby and you put these white chairs out here, <laughs> I will, I will, I will come back to Fairfield. I will, I'll perform anywhere. Um, Emilio wants me to perform. Well, not, let me let me rephrase that. <laughs> yeah, careful here. Yeah, before I say that, I'm gonna be. <laughs> Who knows, right? A fucking Delhi you might end in up New with Haven. a bar show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, they got a, they got a little little spaz spot in the back. Um, no, but you know, I would always talk to Emilio, and and he's just he's one of the uh, he's somebody that I think will be. Uh, in my life and in my comedy career, but more as a friend than anything else, but somebody that I'll always, you know, talk to him. And if he's like, hey, man, we got this cool venue, I'm like, well, if you're behind it, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, for sure. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Paul, thanks so much for being here. Thrilled to have you for the weekend. Guys, Paul Verzi. All right, guys. Uh, That was it. That was our first It's a Hustle live podcast. I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, If you haven't gotten tickets for the uh, 7 o'clock show uh, with Paul Headline, I recommend doing that. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, But thanks so much for supporting the club, the podcast, the festival. Uh, We really do appreciate it. Thank you, and have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed what you listened, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Rulane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And, of course, to Vans, who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.